Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. All of these things are very important information for you to know, and it's impossible for you to know going into the deal because you don't have your hands on all the leases which is why it's really important for you to make sure you're requesting all these things up front. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School, and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, Best of Your Listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. As you know, each week we air two podcast episodes every Wednesday and Thursday that are part of a larger podcast series where we discuss and focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of the series, we offer some sort of document, spreadsheet, resource for you to download for free that accompanies that overall series. All of these free documents, as well as the free Syndication School podcast series, can be found at syndicationschool.com. This episode is going to be part one of a series entitled How to Perform Due Diligence on an Apartment Syndication Deal. So, as I mentioned in last week's episode, once you place a deal under contract, there are three things that you're doing concurrently. Number one is you start the process of securing your financing, and that was the focus of the previous series. So, if you haven't done so already, I highly recommend listening to that series. 
Again, that's at syndicationschool.com. We discussed the overall process for securing financing for your deal. The second thing you'll be doing during the contract to close period is you'll be performing due diligence. And that's what's going to be the focus of this series. And then, of course, in order to fund the debt, you're going to need to raise capital from your passive investors. And so that's the third thing you're doing, securing those commitments. And that will be the focus of the next series. So in this episode, part one, we are going to discuss the due diligence reports you need to obtain during the due diligence period. And there's actually 10 documents, and the goal is to review documents 1 through 5 in this episode and review documents 6 through 10 in tomorrow's episode. Now, when I mean review, what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe what the report actually is, and I'm actually going to pull up an example and I will walk you through and kind of just discuss what the document looks like. These are reports from an actual deal that we did, so unfortunately we cannot share those, but hopefully I do the description justice, and I'm sure if you Googled it, you could find examples of each of these reports. I'm also going to discuss how to obtain each of these reports, and then I'm going to discuss generally how much these reports cost. Now what I'm not going to talk about is what you actually do with these reports once you get them, That's going to be the focus of next week. So next week, we're going to go through, in part three, due diligence documents one through five. In part four, due diligence documents six through ten, and discuss what you need to look for when reviewing these documents and how that could potentially impact either your underwriting model or your ability to even take down the deal in the first place. So as I mentioned, there are ten due diligence reports you need to obtain. Due diligence reports 1 through 5 are the financial document audit, the internal property condition assessment, the market survey report, the lease audit report, and the unit walk report. As I said, we're going to walk through and describe what each of these documents are. I'm going to describe what they look like with an example, how to obtain the report, and then also how much the report costs. So starting out, the financial document audit. This is going to be an analysis of the apartment's historical operations. And then the actual report will compare the historical operations to your projected income and expense figures. So if you remember in the episode about the LOI, one of the things that you're going to want to collect are the current owner bank statements their rent rolls, their three years income and expenses, and these are going to be used to conduct this audit. So for this audit, typically they'll provide the consultant with the detailed financial, historical financial reports, the leases, the last three years of income and expense data, bank statements, rent rolls, essentially anything they need in order to perform this audit. And they're going to do their thing on their end. At the end, they're going to provide you with a report in the form of a detailed spreadsheet that essentially is where they logged all the information that you sent them. And that includes historical income, operating expenses, non-operating expenses, and the net cash flow. And then they're going to compare this with the budgeted figures that you provided, that you created during the underwriting phase. And then there's also going to be a lot more tabs that actually has the raw data that was used to create the summary tab. Now the summary is going to look is going to take a similar form to a pro forma, so it's going to look similar to the five year, seven year, ten year pro forma that you created during your underwriting process. 
So you're going to have the individual income and expense line items broken down for easy comparison purposes on your end. And also it's ideal that the consultant will also provide you with a second document, which is an executive summary, which will essentially explain to you how to interpret the audit that they performed, as well as what data was used to create the spreadsheet. So they'll say, hey, I used the rent rolls you sent me, the leases you sent me, the historical expenses and incomes you sent me, the bank statements you sent me. And then they'll also ideally have a written explanation of any figures that deviate from your budget. So essentially anything that they believe you are budgeting incorrectly, they will mention that in that summary. Now to obtain this document, you are going to need to hire a commercial real estate consulting firm that specializes in creating these financial document audits. So either through your mentor, your consultant, your property management company, or a quick Google search, or even your broker, you should be able to find a consultant that can perform this analysis for you. And the approximate cost of this is going to be around $6,000. Now keep in mind that all of these costs are going to be for, say, a 200 plus unit building. So if you're looking at a 20 unit building, it might not be $6,000. It might be just a couple thousand dollars less. It's also possible that your property management company can perform this audit for you. So that's something that you can ask them and see if they will do it and what the cost will be. But we use a third party outside group to perform these analysis. So just quickly going through the actual example, there are 10 plus different tabs. First tab is entitled input. So it says, This is how to actually read the document. And then they've got the summary tab, which again looks very similar to a pro forma. So it's got the previous two years. It's got the previous three years ago summary, two years ago summary, and then the previous year, and then the budget, and then any adjustments that the analyst made that was actually performing this analysis. And then it has any adjustments that we would make on our end. And then explains in the comment section why the analyst made that adjustment and then why we as a client made that adjustment. And then essentially every other tab is just the raw data that was used for the summary. So for example, it's got the T12 monthly breakdown. It's got the prior year monthly breakdown, the prior two year monthly breakdown. It's got the schedule based rent, which is just the market rents and all the other income losses. So loss of lease, delinquent rent, rental concessions, vacancy loss. It's got any non-commercial rental revenue. It's got a list of a rent roll for non-commercial revenue. It's got a bank statement analysis. So it goes through each of the deposits for the bank statements that were provided. There's another income tab that breaks down all the other income. And then it's got, it's actually got over 20 tabs. It's got a payroll tab. It's got a management fee tab. So essentially every single category that's on that summary page has its own tab. So on the summary page, for example, for payroll, it just says payroll or other expense. And so on these other tabs, it will have a breakdown of, okay, so under utilities, here are what the actual costs were. Here's water, here's sewer, here's trash. So again, very detailed. Of course, this is something that you can make yourself pretty easily, except obviously you'd have trouble with the adjustment aspect of this. So that's number one, the financial document audit. Number two is the internal property condition report or the internal PCA. And the internal PCA is a detailed inspection report on the overall condition of the apartment community. So a licensed contractor will inspect the property from top to bottom. So they'll look at all the interiors, all the exteriors. And then based on this inspection, this contractor will prepare a report with not only their recommended repairs, but also they will 
break that down into immediate repairs, recommended repairs, and continued replacements. So they're not just saying, hey, you need to repair these things. They say, here are the things you need to repair right now. Here are some things that you don't necessarily need to repair, but you probably should. And then here are some things that you don't need to repair now, but you'll definitely need to repair in the future. And then for all of these different priorities of repair items, they're also going to provide you with some recommended or preliminary costs for these repairs, as well as accompanying pictures of the interiors or exteriors or whatever else they deem to be an immediate repair or recommended repair or a continued replacement. Now, since this is the internal property condition assessment, you are also going to need to find a third-party licensed contractor to perform this assessment on your behalf, and the approximate cost is $2,500. Now, the PSA report could be anywhere from 10 to 15 pages up to 100 pages, depending on how many repairs were identified. And it'll start off with, like most of these documents, with a summary, so you can technically just read that, and it'll summarize the information that's in the actual body of the report. And then they'll do an introduction, just explaining themselves and their methodologies. Then you're going to have the property photos and descriptions, preliminary costs for the repairs, and then some closing comments. So for example, I'll just do the summary. So for example, it'll say, the balconies and the private patios are found to be in fair condition. Common areas are in good condition. Swimming pools in fair condition. And it kind of goes through all the different light items, fences, pavement, landscaping, foundations, things like that. And then below that, it says, okay, well, based off of what we saw, here's what we think you need to do, and here are the costs. So exterior paints will cost $93,000. Carpentry for the siding and the trim, $160,000. Parking lot restriping, $8,500. And for this particular PCA, it's focused strictly on the actual exteriors for the costs. So they're not providing you with the cost for the interior on this one, but that's obviously something you can request. And below the summary, it just goes into details on where they got that information from. The balconies, private patios are in fair condition, so here's some pictures of the patios. Same with the parking lot, the fences, HVAC, things like that. So that is the internal property condition assessment. And in fact, the reason why we put that internal name up front is because the lender is actually going to perform their own property condition assessment as well. So it's nice to have two separate ones just for comparison purposes. Now, the reports three through five are actually going to most likely, again, really depending on your property management company, it should be all in one document that your property management company creates. And that's the market survey report, the lease audit report, and the unit walk report. So I'm going to go through each of those, and then I'll go to the actual report and walk you through kind of what the report looks like and what you can expect to see. But of course, since this is created by your property management company, it's likely going to vary based off of their design and how they approach the actual reports. So number three is the market survey report. And this is a more formal and comprehensive rental comparison analysis than the one you performed during the underwriting phase. So if you remember during the underwriting phase, this is also a syndication school series we've done. We discussed the detailed rent comp analysis that you perform online which is essentially you looking up properties on apartments.com, collecting those rents, creating your amenities spreadsheet to make sure they're actually like properties, and then ultimately getting an average dollar per square foot in the market for your stabilized property. So that's how your property will be after it's renovated. And then using the square footage and unit types at your subject property, you're able to determine what the new rents will be. And then you confirmed all that by actually visiting these properties in person. 
This one's a little bit different because your property management company is going to do that and they've got access to better softwares than we do. So your property management company is going to locate direct competitors of your apartment community and then they're going to compare your apartment community with each of the direct competitors over all the factors we discussed during the rental cap analysis and they're going to use those to determine the market rents on an overall and a unit type basis. Number four is the lease audit report. So the lease audit is the process of examining the individual leases at the apartment community. So essentially your property management company will collect all the leases of the current residents at the apartment community and perform an audit. During this audit, they're gonna analyze each lease and they're gonna record things like the rents, the security deposits, any concessions that are being offered, and the overall terms. And then they're going to compare that information gathered from those leases with the rent roll. So they're going to make sure that all of the rents are aligned, all of the security deposits, all of the concessions are aligned, all of the lease starts and lease end dates are aligned. And they're also going to look at some of the legal terminology to make sure that the leases were created properly. Now, just because once you take over that property, you're going to be inheriting all those existing leases, right? You can't change those leases until that lease ends. So if there's something wrong with those leases, and if there's something that would be risky to you from a legal standpoint, or if just the numbers aren't aligned, then obviously that's something you need to know. And then number five is the unit walk report. So the unit walk report is the inspection of each individual unit at the apartment community. So the internal PCA is for the exteriors. The unit walk report is for the interiors. So during this unit walk, your property manager or a representative from your property management company will inspect each individual unit. And I've actually done one of these before, and it's an all-day affair where you literally go to every single unit and have a pre-made checklist. And of course, everyone's checklist is different. And they approach it differently. Maybe it's very detailed where they write down a sentence or two about the kitchen, the bathroom, or it could just be a checklist of appliances, one through five. One being in terrible condition, needs to be replaced, with five being we can leave them alone. So the purpose of the unit walk is to determine the current condition of each unit. While they're doing the unit walk, they will, as I mentioned, take notes. And they'll want to look at things like the condition of each individual room. So kitchen, bathroom, living room, dining room, any other rooms that there are in the house. They're going to want to look at the type and the condition of the appliances because, again, a unit that has white appliances won't rent as much as a unit that has stainless steel appliances. So you need to know not only what type of appliances are in there, but also what are the condition of those appliances, a.k.a. do they actually function? And are they dented up? Are they really dirty? They're also going to look at things like the presence or absence of washer-dryer hookups because maybe some of the units have washer-dryer hookups, others don't. They're going to look at the condition of light fixtures. They're going to look at missing GFCI outlets. Anything else that really stands out as a potential maintenance issue or a potential resident issue. So maybe it's a very messy unit or the unit's completely destroyed compared to other units because of the resident. Well, that's something you're going to want to know if you have a problem resident at the property. You're going to want to know how long their lease is. So as I mentioned, these three reports, the market survey report, the lease audit report, and the unit walk report will likely be all consolidated into one long due diligence report sent to you by your property management company. And ideally, the property management company will do these three reports for you for free as long as you close. So a question you want to ask is, will you perform the market survey report, the lease audit, and the unit walk 
as long as I close on that deal. And if I don't close on that deal and you perform these, how much money will that cost? Of course, you could also hire a third party to perform this analysis and create these three reports. And the cost of that will be approximately $4,000. So again, this report is going to vary from property management company to property management company. But just kind of running through the one that I have right now, it's actually 88 pages long. And it starts with the lease audit. And then it goes to a unit walk. And then it goes to the market survey. So for the actual audit, literally it's a screenshot of all the rent rolls. And then any discrepancy is going to be highlighted. So for example, on this, there's a lot of security deposit discrepancies that are highlighted, which means that the security deposit listed on the rent roll is not the security deposit that was listed on the actual lease. And then it's going to do the same thing where it's going to take a screenshot of the rent roll and then it's going to have an additional column with comment sections. So the highlighting is kind of a quick, okay, what's wrong? And the next section are the comments saying, okay, well, what exactly is wrong? So for example, one of the comments says rent roll lists $150 security deposit. Whereas the lease is actually $100. Or this one right here, it says that the credit results for this lease says a guarantor is required for this person. But the comment is there's no guarantor on file. Another example, rent roll lists a rent of $975. Where in reality, the leased rent is $960. So all of these things are very important information for you to know. And it's impossible for you to know going into the deal because you don't have your hands on all the leases which is why it's really important for you to make sure you're requesting all these things up front. So that is essentially what the lease audit is. The unit walk, again, will vary, but typically there'll be some sort of summary tab. It will have a summary data table of all the different factors you're looking at. So for example, on this report, we were looking at the living room flooring condition, the appliance type, the washer dryer connections, the number of GFCI outlets, and then the light fixture condition. So for each of those data tables, there's all the unit types. So for this particular property, there are four unit types. And then there is a good replace or updated column header for each of those. So for the first unit type, there's a total of 42 units. 24 of those units, the living room forming is in good condition. In 12 of those units, it needs to be replaced. And in six of those units, it needs to be updated. Now, obviously, they have the same thing for appliances, washer and dryer. And then below that, they actually have the raw data where each unit has a row. If it has multiple things going on, it could have a total of five rows. If the living room, the appliance color, the washer and dryer, the GCFI, and the living room are all out of whack. And it just has a description of what we're talking about and then comments. So, for example, unit one in the kitchen, the description is dishwasher condition. It says that the dishwasher in this unit is white where all the other ones are black. For unit 10, it says that the description is pets, and it says that there's dogs there. Another example is unit 94. This is the master bedroom. Description, bath, light fixture condition, and the comment is needs to be reattached to the wall. So, again, essentially what the private management company did is they went to every single unit, and they marked it down for the living room and flooring, whether it was good, needs to be replaced, or needs to be updated. For the appliance color, where the appliance is all black where the appliance is a mixture of black and white, or where the appliance is white. For the washer and dryer connection, a simple yes or no. For the GFCI, it was how many are in the bath, how many are in both the kitchen and the bath, how many have GCFI in the kitchen only, and then how many don't have any GCFI outlets at all. And for the living room light fixture condition, was the condition good, does it need to be replaced, or does it need to be updated? 
Now, of course, you can do this for anything. You can say, I want to know something about the bathroom. I want to know the kitchen flooring and the living room flooring. I want to know about all the light fixtures in the entire property. I want to know about the windows. I want to know about the front door. You can really be anything. And then the data table below that actually isn't the raw data for those summary data tables. I actually misspoke. It's just overall comments on the unit. So when they walk through a unit, if anything stood out, like the unit needed to be rehabbed, there was water leaks, there was pets, were recorded there. We'll discuss how you use this information next week. And then lastly is the market survey. Again, this is very similar to the market survey you see in an offer memorandum, but this time it's actually done by your management company. So that concludes this episode where we went over due diligence documents one through five. Tomorrow we're going to discuss six through 10 before we go through all 10 documents again and discuss exactly how you need to analyze these documents once they are received. In the meantime, to listen to other syndication school series about the how-tos of apartment syndications and to download the free documents for the previous syndication school episodes, visit syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above, and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellyn.com forward slash show. That's dot com forward slash show.